Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the aj dylan special edition <laughs> what is going on boys and girls i'm steve perretch joined as always by dusty evely sarah kelleher what is going on guys sarah how are you doing down in florida Great. I'm feeling just so excited after the Packers win, and there's a lot on the line this weekend against the Bears, which I know we're going to dive into a bit more. But yeah, Sunday night's game was so much fun. I mean, this whole season has been really fun, and I feel like everything just kind of led up to that. And watching it all happen with snow and right after Christmas, it just felt like it was another Christmas present to me and all of us (laughs) Packers fans. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling great. We were talking about this a little bit ahead of time as well, but man, I mean, you know, they went to that game and it was you know, the the Rams had lost, and so the Packers didn't really have a chance to clinch anything. You know, if they'd won, then the win here meant the home field or the, or the one seed. So they lost that, and it was kind of well, it's, it's not a meaningless game. But if they beat the Bears next week, they you know they get the number one seed locked up. So it was just kind of that. Well, if they win or lose, but it still was a really good test. It was this okay? I want to see them come out, especially after the Panthers game, and do good things. And with this backdrop of the snow and everything looking crisp and amazing, and the passing game and running game, you've seen. AJ Dillon go nuts. Like Sarah said, it felt like another Christmas present. It just, just there's games throughout every season, even in bad seasons, that just are more fun than other ones or make you feel things more than other ones. This felt like one of those, and the snow helped for sure. But just watching them just destroy a legit playoff contender was just a tremendous amount of fun. And the snow was a big part of that, I think. Yeah, watching the defense step up mm-hmm. and stop Derrick Henry was just something that none of us expected i mean you know you'd seen some people kind of talk about like oh this could happen this could happen but everybody was fully expecting derrick henry to be a beast among you know boys and run all over the packers defense and no kudos to mike Pettin, kudos to the defensive line linebackers i mean darnell savage making plays all over the place it was a just a huge defensive effort and then the offense just brought it and it was 
so fun to watch. It was so fun to watch Derrick Henry, uh, uh, AJ Dillon looking like Derrick Henry and just plowing dudes over, uh, running over six foot five defensive tackles for touchdowns. I mean, it was <laughs> Dusty. I think you said this before we even record. It was everything you would hope for for AJ Dillon when yeah. he when he gets finally gets that chance. And man, did he did he freaking deliver? It was just uh, a lot of fun. And I, I will say, I feel a little bit vindicated for all the times I said, "Hey, maybe we should play." AJ Dillon at the goal line. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that would help convert uh, in the gold zone. Maybe that would be a good thing. And it looks like that might uh, that might be something the Packers do going forward. So it was a lot of fun. Great, great win. So the Packers now sit 12-3. and three. As Dusty said, you know, they got the division clinch. They've got the first seed still in the driver's seat as long as they win. Uh, we did have our prop bet of over-under for the total score sitting at 60.5. And sadly, there was no garbage time touchdown for me. Uh, and it was the under that hit. So Dusty and Sarah both were correct on that one. Dusty is now sitting six and eight. Sarah and I are tied at five and nine, which means we will have one more this week for the game. And then Dusty is uh, going all Donald Trump on us and telling us that we need to stop the count right there no matter what happens. Sarah and I are saying the playoffs maybe need to happen, but uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, how that all goes because we still don't even have a uh, payoff <laughs> determined yet as to what has to happen. It does seem like we need to figure that out. Huh? <laughs> I would think that needs to be determined before we can stop it. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a couple of discussions this week. Again, if you have any ideas, hit us up on Twitter. It'll, it'll always be fun. News and notes for the week. It's eerily quiet, I guess I would say for Packers news, which is a good thing. Like there's no really big injuries that they're dealing with. We're all kind of waiting to see what happens with Jamal Williams and how he's feeling and, and doing for the bears this week. But it is Tuesday night. And that means that Aaron Rodgers was on the McAfee show and uh, Sarah, Dusty, both got to Sarah. Listen to the whole thing. Dusty had a few points that he wanted to make, but uh, this was a long one. So Sarah, I know you want to dive in right away. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you, uh, what you saw. Yeah, so before I get into Rogers, uh, AJ Dillon was a guest on the Pat McAfee show this week, too. So um, I watched that segment, which was cool, just because I feel like now we know Aaron Rodgers pretty well. We kind of get his personality. And obviously, AJ Dillon is a rookie. He doesn't talk to the media a ton. Um, so just kind of getting to see him in an unfiltered setting like the Pat McAfee show was pretty cool. Um, so I'll start off just with that and a couple things I thought were interesting um, from their discussion. The first is they just asked him, what's it like? Like you're a rookie and you're on the Green Bay Packers and they're really, really good this year. Like how how do you handle that? And he just said, like, everyone is so smart. And then just, you know, being a rookie in general, he he said he always felt like he was ready to play um, in the NFL towards the end of his career at Boston College, but like he still didn't know, could I do this? And when he got there, he said there is a learning curve and he's learning a lot from Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So nice to see that there. And then in the middle of him talking about that, they flashed a picture of his his quads and he was just like, oh my goodness. And Pat McAfee was like, those are your legs. Like that, that's you. I don't know why you're so shocked. So. It was pretty funny. He also explained why his nickname is The Sauce, which is an amazing story. And basically, it's nothing like you would actually expect. 
Um, I guess at Boston College in the dining hall or at the nutrition center, he just loved eating applesauce. And he said he would be walking out of the dorms eating applesauce. If he was hungry, that was like his go-to snack was applesauce cups. And at some of the games, he said, you know, we have to keep it PG. So instead of throwing beer on the field to the players, people would literally throw him cups of applesauce and he would throw them back and chug them like they were (laughs) beer and then would like, get another one that someone else tossed and he would just like throw these applesauce cups down so that is why he is aj the sauce villain i absolutely love that um because i also think it totally um coincides with you guys always messing with me about kids foods and now (laughs) aj dylan is like this super strong running back that bowls everyone over is like an applesauce lover so i i just really love that i felt like it was a personal win for me um (laughs) Loser has to chug a big thing of applesauce on video. <laughs> Just get a big old thing of Mott's and go to town. Better than Tabasco, honestly. That's better, yeah, that's better than a hot sauce shot, uh, for sure. And then the last thing that I thought was pretty cool, AJ Dillon shared on the show was just his relationship with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, how that's been. Um, and he said, oh, he, he always calls me kid. So I guess that <laughs> means he kind of likes me. Um, and I thought that was really funny. And then he said, it's hard to comprehend being around a guy like that. He said sometimes even in practice and especially this past Sunday in the game, he's like, I had to kind of be like, whoa, like, it's him. He's handing the ball off to me like Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm in the presence of greatness here. Uh, So that was pretty cool. And he said that after the first touchdown he scored on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers came over and gave him a hug. And then he said on the second one, he shook my hand and I was like, Oh my God, he shook my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Really good stuff from him and excited to see him continue to grow and obviously shove some people on the ground along the way. Uh, As far as Aaron Rodgers, he was on there for a long time, over 45 minutes today. He had a lot to say, lots to talk about, but funny as always. He had a uh, Empire Strikes Back shirt on for any Star Wars fans listening, but he said he had not watched The Mandalorian, but that doesn't mean he's a fake. He really wanted to (laughs) clarify that and said he's annoyed with people that say he's a fake fan because he hasn't watched Mandalorian and promised that he'll get to it. Um, he did talk about AJ Dillon too. They said we had him on the show earlier. Did you expect him, you know, to get in there and do what he did? And he was like, well, I knew he was going to get some more touches just because Jamal Williams was out. And he goes, but honestly, no, I didn't expect that at all, which I thought was hilarious because all of us all year have been like, put in AJ Dillon, like he's going to like, you know, run everyone over. And Aaron Rodgers just like, no, I didn't think he was going to do that at all. And he just bullied people all night long and running guys over. Um, and he said he ran guys over on the other team and our team too. Um, so he was really pleased with that and said he's excited to kind of continue to see how that happens. He said with the snow, it's really in how he makes it look so easy. It's a mindset to him. And he tells himself that he's just less miserable than the other team. And that's <laughs> what he tells himself and what he tells other people on the team. We are less miserable than them because we're used to this. Um, And that's just what he said. It's a mindset, and they believe they have that mindset and mentality down um, a lot better than other teams. And the last and, you know, in my opinion, funniest thing that they did on the show was 
when they welcomed him on, they just declared him the MVP. They were like, okay, we're going to have the 2020 MVP on our show. Like, it's locked. Uh, Goodell called us and told us we could break this news. So you're hearing it first right here. So it was just so funny because throughout the whole segment, like randomly Pat McAfee would be like, we're the MVP. I mean, congratulations, 2020 MVP. Like, this is great. And then, then again at the end, they said, like, you're the MVP. So um, obviously, I think all three of us are firm believers in that as well. But we'll see. It all comes down to this final week and what I know it's neck and neck with or it was, I think Rodgers has a little bit of an edge now, but we'll see. I think he certainly deserves it. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and the couple takeaways I had, they, they asked him about Devontae kind of doing what he's doing and, and kind of what they do. And he talked about some of that was the differences in uh, all the offenses. He said, you know, with the, the floors, it's kind of more uh, – under McCarthy, was more matchup-based. Under the floor, it's more progression-based. So he said, you know, sometimes based on the matchup, he'll bump Devontae from the three-read to the one-read. But really, like, they're just – like they said, he can get open against anyone. He said he actually harkened back to the first game of Adams' rookie year where he said they, they essentially – he didn't say this, but they essentially offered Adams up as a sacrificial lamb to Richard Sherman's side. Uh, that that week one against Seattle, and they went to Jordy on the other side. And he said when he went back and watched the tape, he was like, well, that, that kid was – he was open. He was running really good routes. So he said very early on with Devontae, you kind of see – what he was, what he was doing, and just what he's doing. I mean, the, and the pace he's on this year is just insane, given the fact that he's missed two and a half games or whatever it was. Uh, my favorite section was Rogers was talking about how much he missed the fans, but talking about how much he missed the fans in terms of, like, some of the insane things they did. <laughs> One of the stories was in Philly. Uh, he said someone ran out of the field, the midfield, and dumped what Rogers said was an unknown substance. They later found out it was the man's uh, – it was his mother's ashes – just, just just an insane story. Uh, but then my favorite one he mentioned, he mentioned like three stories. And one of them, well, it was Rogers' rookie year and is in Cincinnati. And he mentioned this play where this the, a fan popped out of the stands and took the ball away from far mid-play. That was my first ever Packers game. So I heard that and I was like, oh, I remember exactly what this was. That was... Um, Favre actually threw, I think that was a 4-12 and 12 year. Favre threw five interceptions on the day. Five interceptions on the day. But they were only down seven with a chance to tie the game. Favre got sacked on, it was it was first down, they had 28 seconds left, Favre gets sacked for a loss of two, starts scrambling, scrambling, trying to get up, trying to get up. <laughs> they snapped the ball two seconds left, and you can see this dude, like well, we, we were sitting in the end zone, you could see the dude running from the opposite side of the field, and you we could see it, but they could not, because Favre's back was to him. Middle of the play, dude grabs the ball out of Favre's hands, 
and starts running the other way with it and he gets just absolutely housed by a security guard like <laughs> dude puts shoulder in the chest his hat flies off like the whole thing incredible games delayed by like five minutes or something but uh hearing hearing rogers drop that story is one of his favorite fan stories uh that, that 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 spoke to me. That was my first ever Packers game. So it was a, a kind of a miserable game to be at, given they lost uh, by seven to the Bengals and Favre just you know had a terrible game. But uh, that was a fun memory uh, there. So I was, I was glad Rogers kind of brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like this whole this whole McAfee show has been just amazing. Like you see, just a completely different side of Rogers. It's just been so much fun to get more in depth with him as a person. Which I think, like back in the day, it used to be Rogers doing the the ESPN Wisconsin show, mm-hmm. like the radio show on Tuesdays, and now doing this. Like I feel like this takes it to like a completely different level of you know actually being able to swear and all sorts of other fun stuff into it, like much deeper dive. So it's a lot a lot of fun. Well, guys, that means it is time to discuss the Chicago Bears. It's Bears week. It's always a lot of fun. Twitter has already gone way overboard on insanity and trash talking and all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, I've seen the ones where the the refs are always favoring the Packers. I've seen you know, all sorts of crazy, crazy-ass stuff. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from the Bears week. But as we're going to do, as always, for the Pack-A-Day podcast, we will take one takeaway from each of us for what we're looking for in the game. It is the Chicago Bears who sit at 8-7 and seven versus the Green Bay Packers 12-3 and three at Chicago. And 325 game looking like cold, maybe snow, depending on the uh, – the weather conditions changing a little bit, but uh, very cold down in Chicago. It's always windy down there. So, Sarah, we're going to start with you. What's one big takeaway? What's one thing you're looking for from the Packers offense versus the Bears defense? Basically, and it's an obvious one, I'm going to be looking at how the, the Packers, especially if Jamal Williams is back this weekend, how they're going to utilize all three running backs now. Because clearly, A.J. Dillon is a factor. I think before, they were just sticking to what they knew worked. And if A.J. Dillon needed to come in um, and support, he could. And now it's like, oh, this kid is legit. And he can do really great things, especially in the cold um, December and January months. So basically, I'm really curious what happens there. I know LaFleur told uh, media a couple days ago that our, the coaching staff is already walking through and talking through potential options to utilize all three of them, which I think would be really cool. Um, so I'm just curious to see what happens there. Kind of getting into um, some numbers. So the Bears are allowing 4.1 yards per carry, uh, an average of 4.1 yards per carry this season um, when obviously trying to stop the run. Um, and to put it in perspective, the Titans were averaging 4.5, so pretty close. Um, and against the Titans, A.J. Dillon was averaging 5.9 yards per carry. <laughs> um, so I'm just really curious to hmm. see if they do utilize him, how like big of an impact he has, um, where they're going to utilize him. I think we've talked about it all year that a lot of times we get in these like fourth down situations where it's fourth and one or you know, we're it's third and three and or we're right on the goal line. I think those are the times where we saw AJ Dillon is an absolute factor and he can really make things happen. So do they mix things up um, but still allow Aaron Jones and potentially Jamal Williams to get touches um, where their strengths lie too. So I'm going to be looking out for that. 
Yeah, and I've got a couple things. I mean, the first thing is piggybacking off of off of that running game is is what the Packers do, kind of where they target for that. That is uh, against the Bears. I mean, they were just running it straight up the gut. Now Hicks was out that game. Um, Hicks is questionable. I've not seen any updates. Questionable to play this game, but on the season, on the season, when running into the middle of the field when running behind center, the Bears are very good at defending it. They're only allowing three point two yards per carry up the middle of the field in that week 12 matchup Packers just absolutely gashed them 14 attempts 89 yards so that's 6.4 yards per four yards per carry 40% of their runs went up the middle just absolutely killed them there was no hicks there's nothing they could do about it. and that was with uh, Elton Jenkins at center and I don't I can't remember if that was like first or second game or, or kind of when they moved him there but they've got the offensive line is 100% healthy well you know healthy-ish I guess by ignoring it down uh, but Lindsley's back that pushes Jenkins back over to his natural position there as well so I don't know if Hicks is going to play but the line is is a healthier version of that line than they saw earlier and they just actually killed him up the middle and so given what they did there given how Dylan looked this past week when they kind of unleashed him I'm looking to see okay when they run it are they are they still doing the same thing are they are they <laughs> they looking to go side to side are they just they've running straight up the gut and thinking they can open those lanes because that's something they were able to kill them with in week 12 uh the other thing i'm looking for is in that week 12 matchup in the passing game packers leaned real heavy on two different uh core concepts they they ran uh play action boot and mash a, a number of times with the, t- the long touchdown to tunyon in that game which if you remember one play from that game that's likely the play you remember was a variation off the off the pa boot and rogers has talked about that so now we kind of get to okay it's week 17 you've seen this is the second time as divisional opponents was the second time you've seen them this year they've already set up those tendencies are you now running counter to those tendencies or they have do they have a different attack point altogether they recently the packers have been throwing out their elite concept which is kind of basically a tendency breaker to a tendency breaker it's you get that the the thing tanyan i think i talked about this last week but that that touchdown tanyan scored was a you know reverse field deep which which drew that deep safety or sent you're essentially working against that deep safety you want to bring him in well now if they're looking for that you can sneak someone out the back and kind of hit that vacated zone there so are they going to start setting up that stuff with an eye on the playoffs and also working off what they did before or an entirely different game plan so uh, i think it's going to be really fun i'm excited to see i don't think it's going to be a basic game plan by any stretch of the imagination i think they're going to they're going to go in i think they're setting some up some stuff up for the playoffs but also looking to kind of break some of those tendencies that they really ran at them hard uh, in week 12 so there's a, a couple of the big things i'm looking for there and I think for me, I'm going to keep it simple where week 17, cold weather in Chicago, reminiscent for me of Rogers, the Cobb, uh, you know, all that good stuff coming back. But it's a divisional game. It's playoffs on the line. It's number one seed on the line, all this crazy stuff. Like you can take all these stats and you, to me, you can throw them out the window because it's going to be it's going to be a, a division game. It's going to be smackdown. It's going to be you're, you're getting your best shot from the Bears. The, the Packers are going to be bringing their A game. They should be playing all their starters. So it's just going to be a fun game to watch. I'm really excited. I'm hopeful. It's to me, it's, hopefully it'll be, you know, kind of like that Titans game of where it's just smack mouth like big defense from the Packers, uh, watching a lot of cool stuff from the offense. But it's just going to be it's going to be a smash mouth football again. So I that's I'm just going to look for a fun game. I mean, I think YouTube broke down quite enough for that. So uh, and if you need any more breakdown, there's a website. It's called Twitter.com. Uh, there's a little bit of content out there uh, when it comes down to the Packers. So you definitely can check that out. But we do need a prop bet for the week. 
And with the Bears coming, Packers playing the Bears, we're going to go with Mitch Trubisky because uh, we want him to succeed just enough (laughs) to the point where Ryan Pace is going to sign him to a contract extension. So the over-under on Mitchell Trubisky touchdown passes for the game, and that is going to be set at 2.5. Last time he played the Packers, he threw three touchdowns, yet two of them were garbage time. So... Dusty, we're starting with you because you're in the lead, so that gives Sarah and I a chance to fade you if need be. So over, under, on the touchdowns. What you doing? So I was thinking of taking the over uh, just because the, the he's been he's been playing a little better lately, although not really. He's just been playing different defenses. But even then, like the numbers are not eye-popping. He's just not been awful, I guess. Uh, and then I was talking myself into, well, I seem to be getting a couple and then maybe a garbage time, which is how I got burned with Bridgewater. So I'm not I'm not going down that road again because I talked myself into garbage time and then he threw zero. So I'm, I'm taking the under, man. I think he gets one, maybe he gets two. I am fearful of that garbage time touchdown, but I think the Packers are going to get up. Uh, like you said, I think conditions are going to be rough. I mean, Montgomery's a good back. I, I do think, I mean, they're going to have to throw if they get down. And I think they will, but I uh, I don't know, man. I got I got more faith in how the defense is playing right now with what Savage is doing, you know, towards the line and all that than I do in Trubisky throwing uh, three touchdowns on a on a tough a potential tough night. So I'm 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 taking the under. I'm taking the under as well. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and not just to screw Steve over, but. I actually wanted to take the over, but I'm sticking to my approach of doing the opposite of what I think is right. Um, And now that's allowed me to be back in this game. So I got to stick with what's working. I also think that the Packers defense is finally starting to um, get it together and realize what they're good at and what they're not and sticking to that plan. Um, So I think that, there might not be a garbage touchdown this time, and I think he's going to throw two. You suck. Seriously, <laughs> you suck so bad. Like, <laughs> just forcing my hand into it. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'm taking the over. I guess I'm taking the over because, uh, like, we can't have we can't just all sit there. Like, it's just boring as all hell. Then you and I would be tied no matter what. Dusty would be in the lead no matter what. So correct. You forced yeah, my no, hand, sir. No, just, just do you know, do what you feel, Steve. Take the under. That's fine. Go ahead. No, no, I, dare I you. can't do that. I no. dare you. I can't do that. I can't just <laughs> let you win. Like that automatically just lets you win. That's just stupid. That's correct. I mean, well, we still haven't come up with a punishment, so I'm still in the clear on that level. But uh okay. So that that'll put us at the uh the over under on, on touchdowns. Two point five. I've got the over. Sarah and Dusty have the under. And uh yeah, hopefully this means that I mean, especially if I win this one, I'm totally calling to stop the count, and Sarah's just a loser, and we don't need to do the playoffs. So you walked right into that one, Sarah. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Question time. Thank you guys, as always, for the questions uh, that we get from you every day on t- every week on Twitter. So we're just going to jump right into them. First one comes from Brian Hartstad. He's a big fan of the podcast trio, so thank you to him for that. His question, injuries can cut a playoff team like the Packers down quickly outside of Rodgers or Adams. What one or two injuries would impact the team's chances most dramatically? Uh, Dusty, let's start with you. Who do you think would be a big injury that would be hard to overcome for the Packers? Oh, man. Um, Honestly, man, the way Savage is playing right now, uh, the way they're playing him, kind of his aggressiveness and some of the turnovers that have been generating, uh, turnovers can be huge in the playoffs. That's what they've been missing, you know, early in the season on that defense. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think that the the defense doesn't have to be locked down. They've seen a few splash plays a game. So I think Savage would be a big loss in the defense based on how he's playing now. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, another one is, is, I don't know, the way Rashawn Gary's playing right now, man, like those two kind of work in tandem. Like he's, you know, Zadarius is doing Zadarius things, but Gary's really coming on. Like maybe he had his best game of his career this past weekend. Uh, just an absolute terror, just bullying over people. Uh, and that's, a, I mean, that's a guy, he, you get a guy that can collapse that. It opens up a lot of stuff for a lot of other people. It impacts so many parts of the game. So there's a handful of guys in that line. You don't want to miss Kenny Clark, obviously, but the way Gary's playing and what he's been doing, um, if he's able to keep that up like losing him i think would be would just be huge yeah i definitely agree with both of those i think um another one and it kind of goes hand in hand um with savage is uh it's amos adrian amos like he's been playing out of his mind lately too and i feel like him and savage both have been kind of like the guys lately and i know rashawn gary i was going to say him as well and you stole him so i will (laughs) i will um pick someone else who i uh, honestly would be worried if we lost um as well you know for whether it's in the playoffs or for the rest of the season um and that would be zadarius smith i just think even though like there's other guys that can do similar things, I think he's like a true leader on the defense and not having him there in big moments like during the playoffs or, you know, in a rivalry game like against Chicago would be huge for the defense. There's obviously, you know, they're very close. They love celebrating together. Um, They love um, just being together and you see them slide down the field in the snow and all that and celebrate after turnovers. So that there, and then, I mean, I don't, I'm sure Steve is going to say this person too, but like Jarier, I would not want to lose him on defense either. No, you guys did a lot of, a lot of great people uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I completely agree with all of those ones. Those would all be not great to lose to me. The biggest one I would say would be right now, Corey Lindsley. I think the way that, um, he came back, you know, the, the way the offensive line has been playing when, when he's in there and you have Elton at his natural position at guard and, you know, Bakhtiari and everybody else, like when they're in their positions that they're really, really supposed to be playing, that offensive line's outstanding. And they can shuffle, they can move, but they're just not as good when they're doing that. So to me, I would want to keep that offense clicking, to keep the, you know, everything rolling the way they are. He's one of the big keys. I would want him to make sure that he was he was there all the time. Next up, Jacob wants to know what bourbon are you drinking after the Packers win the Super Bowl? And as Dusty joked before we even start recording, you put a put a bourbon question in there. You you know I'm going to be 
making sure that we answer it on the air. So, uh, Sarah, I don't know. Is there? Let's say the Packers do win the Super Bowl. Is there something that you would like drink, eat in celebration? Uh, you know, whatever it is. Just curious. Or should we come um, back to you on that one? I don't. I don't know about drink. I'll think about that. But like, I would. Like I always say, I would order the biggest burger I could find with fries and just have so much fun with that and just not care about how many calories I was consuming because the Packers won the Super Bowl and I would be the happiest I've been in a decade. Um, so that's really that. Um, Drink-wise, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Dusty, you have anything in mind? Uh, so I saw this question earlier, and I was like, I'm going to look to see what uh, what I can get a bottle of, of Weller Foolproof for, because that's, I mean, that's one of the best burgers I've ever had. You know, I live in Kentucky. Maybe I could find that. No, I'm not. It was like the cheapest <laughs> I could find. It was like 350 or 400 for a bottle, so I'm not doing that. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, Steve, what I have, it, it'd have to be, I'd have to go out and buy it or something I have here. I'd have a hard time topping. I've still got, I've got half a bottle of what you're drinking this fine evening. I've got some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Uh, that seems like uh, seems like a perfectly fine bourbon. It's, it's delicious. It's hard to find here, so I've been kind of saving sure. the bottle a little bit, not drinking a whole lot, just because I can't replace it unless I go back to Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably uh, probably kick back with a little Elijah Craig Barrel Proof and call it a night. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I will. I've got multiple ones in the back of the uh, the back row, uh, back tier of uh, bourbons that I've got that 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 would be open. I think the Weller Twelve probably would would have to be one of the ones mm-hmm. that is opened up. I, like you, I've got like the half the half of a bottle left right now, and you know, the fun story is that my wife one night told me she's like, I want to try some of your best bourbon. I'm like, no, just <laughs> no. She doesn't like bourbon at all, so. If I, I broke down, I'm like, all right. So I gave her a little Weller 12, and she was like, oh, wow, that's really good. So the next night, she's like, I'm going to have a glass of Weller 12, and that's where I just cut it off. Like, <laughs> nope, we're done. You're done. That's just not happening. Like, you don't know how much that bottle costs. I'm not going to tell you how much that bottle costs, and you're not going to be like, no. So I think Weller 12 would be one of the ones, and that um, that Bib and Tucker 12-year bottle yeah. that I bought – uh, that that's really good. I really like that. It was a 12 year store pick and it's, it's outstanding. So I am actually one of the guys on my golf trip just texted me saying that he's, uh, one of his wife works at a restaurant. And if I would like a couple bottles of Weller. And so I'm now working on getting pricing of 12 year foolproof and, uh, Ooh. the, whatever the, the, the red bottle is the antique. anniversary. Is that the one antique. That's yeah. it. Yep. So uh, I will I will update you on those if I if need be. But next up, we've got Christian Simmons. Is it worth it for the Packers to lose hmm. since they would basically lock in Trubisky as the Bears QB for the next five years? Short term sadness for long term success. Uh, Sarah, I believe this is one of your friends. Yeah, this is one of my like really good friends. Um, who so, yeah, go ahead. and Answer first. Yeah, so we always have banter about this um, but the, whenever the Packers and Bears play. Um, and he was like, you better answer my question. So he'll so shout out to you, Christian. Here we are answering your question. Um, basically, my ideal scenario would be that the Packers still win on Sunday. They secure the number one seed in the NFC. But Mitch Trubisky still plays well enough where the Bears are like, okay, 
like yeah he's pretty good like let's let's keep him around um so that that's kind of my hope for it i think it I mean, you have to be throwing at least three touchdowns for him to get signed to an extension, right? Not necessarily, Steve. You can run for one, run for a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, he could. He could, he could throw two Oh, that's fair. Down. We should change it to total touchdowns. Now we're good. No. Now we're good. <laughs> Thanks, though. Um, but, yeah, if I had to choose one, I would choose for the Packers to win um, because I think the Packers are just – they got the Bears figured out. They, they know. If it's Nick Foles or if it's Mitch Trubisky – Packers got it figured out. Yeah, I mean, uh, so a win, a win gets them the one. A win gets them the one in a year where there's only one one seed in the year, or there's only one buy. I guess there's always only one one seed, but uh, there's only one buy, and it's the one. So a win gets them the one. So you don't want to, unless the Rams lose. That's one of those things you're like, yeah, if, listen, if it meant another five years guaranteed of Trubisky, Pace, and Nagy, then then lose and you take the two or the three and you take your chances. But I don't like even if they win, they're what like they're going to try it out, see how it goes, throw some money. out. No one else is going to pay big money for Trubisky. So you're buying like another two to three years probably, which is nice. But in this year where this team has like, you know, legit Super Bowl chances, who knows what happens next year to get that one seed, to get that buy for a chance at the Super Bowl when it's not guaranteed next year. I, it's, it's hard. Like, again, unless it's like we're guaranteed the next five years of Trubisky, Pace and Nagy, then then, yeah, lose this one game. And then you take that. I just I don't think it's realistic, but I, I like to dream on it. Exactly. It'd be it would be outstanding. It would be fun. But again, there's no even if he if, if Trubisky like leads them to the Super Bowl somehow, some way, like there's no way that's happening. But if he did still, I, I still don't see the Bears being like, yep, five years guaranteed, four <laughs> years guaranteed. They can't do that. They can't see him and be like, yep, he's the answer. It'd be so, so cool, though. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. It would be so cool. But I, I don't see it. Like, if they do sign him to a contract extension or a new contract, I, I assume it'll be, you know, like a three- or four-year deal, but with outs after every single year so they can just kind of draft and develop somebody else and and move along. So he clearly is not the guy that's going to take them all the way. Next up, Jacob Dickerson wants to know, have you noticed any differences in Rodgers' mechanics compared to last year? Uh, I think we talked about this early on when he was uh, lighting the world on fire, but uh, that pace continued. But, Dusty, have you noticed anything different? Like some, there was some consistency there. I mean, he had he had a, he'd had a tendency. I mean, it's no secret to anybody, and he was still accurate when doing it. But like, he had a tendency to, to fall off his back foot when he didn't necessarily need to fall off his back foot. Like, even if he's hitting those three step drops, uh, sometimes he'd, he'd still fall off his back foot to do it, even with no rush in his face. So, I mean, there's consistency there. He's kind of planting his base better, uh, stepping into those throws when he needs to. And some of that, I mean. You know, some of that's mechanics, but also some of that is just it's that's built into the offense. That wasn't really there with McCarthy. And that wasn't even there a whole lot last year. There wasn't the trust there, and so like when he there wasn't always I'm hitting the back of this drop and someone's going to be open and I'm ripping it. That just that was that wasn't the way that it was done and how he was doing it. And so I think comfort in the offense certainly helps. And so he is he is kind of he's got that set base. He is kind of going through that. He's a little more consistent with stepping into the throws, with planting and, and kind of throwing how he should. But like that. <laughs> doesn't mean he's not doing any the other stuff i mean he's still 
you say throwing off your back foot and, and people think that's bad. Like, it's not necessarily bad. Like, he'd, he'd do that a lot. He kind of does the lean back when he wants to throw kind of a deeper ball to get that trajectory. He kind of dropped that lower arm slot, and he'll he'll drop back to do that. There's a the throwing EQ this past week. His feet were planted to the left, and he just he just whipped it to the right. He had a, like, kind of torqued his hips and then threw to the right on the line. So, I mean, he's always going to be able to do that stuff. So, it's not like he's only doing this one thing, but I think – Consistency when there needs to be. When there's a three to five step drop and the reads there, he's he's tentative, he's setting, and he's just he's letting it go. Uh, so I mean, I think that's always been there, but I think that consistency has held pretty much all season uh, as far as that's concerned. So a little bit, but it, it's not like he ever totally got away from that either. Next up, we've got Andrew Hand. Uh, not a Packers question, but wants to know your favorite New Year's food or cocktail combination. It's not a Packers question, but uh, wants to say it's one of the few bright spots for a crazy year. So thank you to him for that. But I know I've got one. I don't know if anybody, anything's percolated for you guys. Has it popped up for you at all? Dusty's shaking his head no. No, I mean, Sharon, my wife, uh, has is always, like, working New Year's Eve. She's a nurse, and she always works New Year's Eve. Uh, and so it's usually just me. And so I just, you know, my, my New Year's Eve celebration is um, I eat a bowl of cereal while not watching the ball drop. And so that's, you know, that's exciting. Ooh, um, so I was going to guess Totino's. Oh, no, that sounds dope. Now, I, maybe I could do some pizza rolls in the in the air fryer this year. That's a good that's a good call, Steve. Mm-hmm. I, I, bring, I bring some wise stuff for once in a while. <laughs> Sarah, anything for you? No, I don't really have like a New Year's meal that I eat. Um, but hey, maybe this year I'll start a tradition. There you go. Uh, for for me, it, it it's been a couple of years, but normally what what the wife and I usually like to do with steak and crab legs. Always just a delicious, delicious combination together. Throw a little uh, Bernays sauce with that, and uh, yeah, you got yourself quite a meal. So that, and I'll uh, this year I'll have a glass of bourbon to go along with it, and uh, we can kiss twenty twenty goodbye for for good, and hopefully have a much much better year this coming year. So uh, yeah, thank you, Andrew, for the question. Last one we've got from Christopher. Do you think we will see any more five-man D-line this week? I know it was to contain Henry, but it seemed to work really well uh, later in the game when they went back to the four-man D-line. So, Sarah, what do you think? Do you think the defense will go back to what it normally does, or did you think Patton saw enough from the the five-man that he wants to bring it back? I hope he saw enough. I mean, that was in – my opinion, it they looked and played the most complete game that they had all season. Um, and like we said before, the Bears have good backs. Like there, there is talent there. Obviously, it's not Derrick Henry level talent, but there's still talent there. So I hope they stick with it, and I think we might see it, or um, like he had mentioned, a variation of it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's. I'm sure they'll go to it at some point, but it's all, it's all game planning, right? I mean, that was the big thing with the, with the Titans was don't let Derrick Henry beat you in the short passing game, the off of play action. I mean, that was a big part of that was load up the box, make them try to beat you there, and they, they could not. The the Henry's line, I think, was, what, 23 carries, 98 yards, but, you know, he, he had quite a few of those in the second half when the game was already over at that point. So, I mean, they held him in check, but I think it's – we will see it, but I don't – like, probably not full time. It's it's I think it's a – it's a game planning thing. Just just depends on the opponent. Um, like Sarah said, we'll probably see some of that this week. Just you know, Montgomery's good. They've they've got a decent game and probably not overly scared of Trubisky as we've talked about a number of times on this podcast. We'll probably see it a little bit, but uh, I think it's it's game by game, you know, opponent by opponent. 
Yeah, it just I, my my big hope is that Patton continues to grow uh, in that play calling and understanding of the what he's got with those the players on the defensive side of the ball. Like it seems to be going well the last several weeks, and you know after that that closed door meeting that he had with several of the players, I think it was Z and and Kenny Clark saying you know the the defense is too too intricate and that they needed to kind of scale it back a little bit. And once they did that, it seemed to kind of explode. And, you know, those big plays are coming. Savage is finally, you know, doing the things that we all thought he was going to do with the, as the first-round pedigree. Like, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch this defense. So, I mean, D-Train's rolling, man. All aboard. Let's go. So, that will wrap things up for us. So, let's do some closing thoughts. Dusty, what do you got? What's, what's the articles? Uh, what are you feeling for the week? Yeah, man. Good week. Um, uh, yesterday on Packer Report, uh, I did my playbook segment where I kind of take a, a play and break it down. And so this week I did. Um, it's actually a little different for me. Usually I really focus on the offensive concept and what they're trying to do. And sometimes you get a little history of mechanics of it. This week I did. It was the it was the failed fourth and three um, where Rogers took a sack on and the defense that the Titans kind of played on that on that stack there. That was a. a Tunyon Adams stack route that we've seen a thousand times. Tunyon pushes vertically and then Adams kind of releases a flat underneath and gets a free release and they're only looking for three yards. And the, the Titans had um, what, what's called banjo coverage on that where they kind of, they pass off a little bit. And so I've not really talked about that. I don't get into defensive coverages too much. Um, but that's one that was kind of fun. Uh, that, that worked really well on that one. I had some questions about, hey, what happened on that specific play? You know, why do Rogers seemed upset at the left side? What happened? So getting into that and talking about that specific coverage and that little pass off thing was was fun. So uh, that's over at uh, Packer Report um, now. That was that posted yesterday, and then today at Packer Report, I've got my uh, my look at a pressure that I really liked, and, and mine was the basically the play that ended the Titans' first drive. That was the the savage delayed blitz on Tannehill that led to Tannehill throwing it away, and then they punted for like basically a twelve yard net because it went to the end zone because they punted from the thirty two, uh, and just a really fun. I mean, we just we just talked about Petten, but one of the things I really liked about Petten uh, when he came to Green Bay. You know that first year, first couple of years, was his ability to kind of create those rushing lanes. Well, and we hadn't seen a lot of that. He's been doing a lot of really good things over the past couple of weeks. And so that Savage one, I think they they opened a really nice lane for him and just a really nice drawn up pressure package in a really big big early moment, I guess. So that was fun. And then over on Cheesehead, I've got the passing chronicles. A few plays than normal. Um, I didn't really have a theme this week. Normally I try to pick a theme, some concept that kind of stood out, but they didn't really have that. We've got some high cross stuff. We've got uh, Y cross, which is an air raid uh, air raid concept that they worked in there. That was really cool. We've got the EQ touchdown. We've got an Adams touchdown. We've got just a handful of stuff, and all of it's uh, all of it's fun. Again, like they did a lot of really fun stuff. So really fun week to write about it. Um, no real big eye-popping play standing out, I don't think, but uh, everything was, it was fun and at the very least interesting to talk about. So good week. Yeah, for me, um, same old, same old. I'll have my game recap up uh, Sunday night after the Packers win and clinch the NFC and that first round bye. So looking forward to that. Um, thanks to everybody, as always, um, for you know sending along your thoughts. And it's just been really fun to chat with some of you guys about how you feel during the game and after the game as well. Um, as far as, you know, other final thoughts, I hope everyone has a happy new year. I know it's been a rough year and a lot of different ways and uh, things look a lot different than they did at the start of 2020. But uh, let's, you know, hope that 2021 or a good portion of 2021 um, is a lot better. And we are, you know, working through this. We're all in this together. Um 
and yeah, thank you guys for following along another year. We've been lucky enough to talk about the Packers every week and you guys sit here and, and listen to it. So thank you as always for listening. We're excited to um, continue bringing you guys content in 2021. And I'm just hope everyone has a nice new year's. Yeah, not too much from me. Uh, I'm I'm excited for for New Year's Eve. It's going to hopefully be a lot of fun. My wife and I decided for a little splurge. What we're going to do is rent a uh, movie theater for us and the kids. So it's just going to be the four of us in a movie theater watching the new Crudes movie. So it's going to be oh, a nice. lot of fun uh, to do that with them and stuff. And told my my five and a half year old, almost six year old, and actually, oof, only two weeks now. Uh, we told her that she is now for New Year's Eve allowed to stay up as late as she possibly can. So I think the latest she's ever Ooh. made it is about eleven thirty. Uh, <laughs> a couple of New Year's Eve, so it'll be uh, a lot of fun. Looking forward to that, and then you know, looking forward to the Packers game. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. As Sarah said, thank you guys for listening. As always, find us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast at uh, Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher four and at Steve Perhatch. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun this year uh, to talk Packers. It's been a crazy ass year that we're all looking forward to being done with. So hopefully, a lot better things are coming for everybody twenty twenty one. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, after a Packers victory, number one seed, and a ass kicking of the Bears. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, thank you for listening, and as always, go Pack, go.